American humorist and writer Mark Twain once famously said of the Bible, it ain't those parts of the Bible I can't understand that bothers me. It's those parts of the Bible I do understand. Twain could have been talking about James. James is one of those books that bothers us, not because we don't understand, but because we understand all too well. James doesn't present truth diplomatically or discreetly or subtly. He's never heard the Mary Poppins song, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. He doesn't know that song. He just gives it like it is. And today is another one of those times where James is going to tell us in an all too understandable way, in a such a way that may bother us. And I hope it bothers some of us. You see, we, again, like we said last week, we have an opportunity during this quarantine to come back stronger as a church. Last week, we evaluated our speech. This week, we're gonna evaluate something else. Main point is this, love everyone and don't play favorites. Love everyone and don't play favorites. This is good guidance for all of life, but the focus James would have for us is within our church family. If you're a part of Center Church, James is saying this, Center Church, love all and don't play favorites amongst yourselves. Love all and don't play favorites favorites amongst yourselves. Now, why is this? Because faith in Christ and favoritism amongst Christians is incompatible. Genuine followers, we heard last week, serve those like widows and orphans that cannot serve them back. Today, James expands that theme of service and challenges us specifically to love everyone and not play favorites. I'm going to read beginning in James chapter one. I'm gonna read from verse, or sorry, James chapter two, verse one, all the way down to verse 13. So if you have a Bible, follow along with me. My brothers, she read, my brothers and sisters, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in. And if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place while you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit it down at my feet. Have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Are not the rich the ones who oppress you and the ones who drag you into court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme that the honorable name by which you are called? If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails at one point has become guilty of all of it. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. 
for judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Let's pray. Lord, again, I, I look forward to the day when we as a church can gather, when Center Church will not be scattered as we are right now. But Lord, I pray that you would help us to be a people who evaluate ourselves individually so that we might be able to come back from this quarantine stronger, both individually and as a church. May we be a people who look back and say, I really didn't like the quarantine, but it was a time where I was able to evaluate who I am spiritually and take some ground. And so I pray that we would take ground today, individually and corporately, all together so that we might become a stronger church than we were when we went into the quarantine. Jesus, help, help me to be clear. Help me to be to be rooted to the scriptures, and I pray that you would just use your spirit in the way you promised to use your spirit when the scriptures are preached. And in your name we pray, amen. Again, here's the message from James to Center Church. Love all and don't play favorites. Three simple points. First, favoritism is contradictory to Christianity. Favoritism is contradictory to Christianity. That's exactly what he says in verse one. My brothers, my brothers and sisters, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. Show no partiality. Show no partiality. Do you see what he's saying? James is saying favoritism and your faith in Christ cannot exist side by side. He's saying very simply, you can't both play favorites and be a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. That is impossible. Our Lord, Jesus Christ, who he calls the Lord of glory, we've heard throughout the scriptures, Jesus, this Jesus, the Lord of glory, cry out to people and say, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. We've heard him say, come to me, all who are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We've heard him say, for anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The Lord of glory calls any sinner to come and be cleansed. Anyone and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Our God shows no favoritism. Any who comes to him are always welcomed in. And James is saying, how dare you, Christian, if you don't have the same attitude toward the people in your church? How dare you? You see, when we play favorites, we're saying with our actions, the Lord might accept you, but I don't. The Lord might have forgiven your sins or been able to overlook these things in your life, but I can't. You see, when we play favorites, we cancel the power of the gospel. You may have heard that phrase, cancel culture. It's been said we live in a cancel culture. When we play favorites in the church, we cancel the power of the gospel. We're saying with our actions, I can't I cancel who you claim to be in Christ because I won't accept you. I'm going to play favorites. I'm going to be, I'm going to show love and affection to this person, but not to this person. And Christians, we must not do that. Center church, we must not play favorites. We must love all. 
James gives an illustration of what it looks like to show partiality. Verse 2, if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, see, that's where I get the, the concept that it is a church. So James is talking to a specific church. And so we need to see as center church that he's speaking to us. He's saying if someone who is dressed like they have a lot of clothes or maybe they roll up in a fancy car and everybody gives them more attention than they would someone else who has specific need, that's wrong. That's what he says, continuing in verse 2. And a poor man in shabby clothes also comes in. See, the poor man in shabby clothes, the clothes are not just dirty, they're stinking. And if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place while you say to the poor man, you stand over here or sit at my feet. You see, that's, that's the partiality. You see, we're tempted even today to show partiality to people who have things that we might want or people who we perceive to be cooler or more important and therefore we want to be associated with them. That happens in the world and it happens from time to time in church. But we must be a people who resist that. How tempting it is to move toward people who we think we can get something from versus people that we need to serve. Reality is all of us need to be helping each other all the time. But it's very tempting to move toward people we think can do something for us. And therefore we show favoritism. But favoritism is at odds with Christianity. Favoritism is at odds with Christianity. You know what you do when you show favoritism to one person over another in church? Verse 4. Have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? You are becoming a judge of other people. You're watching people as they come in and out of your life or church and you're saying, let's see, I judge that person is worth my while. I judge that person is not worth my while. And you know what? We do not have the right to make those judgments. Christianity is at odds with favoritism. Not only is Christianity at odds or contrary to favoritism, secondly, favoritism violates the law of love. After pointing out why favoritism makes very little sense, because the rich people in that day were pulling the poor people into court to try to get them out, like take their property and such away. James shows us why favoritism is so evil. Verse 8, if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, here it is, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And he says, you are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are to be convicted by the law as transgressors. You shall love your neighbor as yourself is a direct quotation from Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. The reason, so here's the reason. Do you see what James is saying? Here's, he says, don't show favoritism. What's the reason that we ought not show favoritism? It's because we're called to love our neighbors as ourselves. Remember, this is, this, is a re- this is the reason. So the Bible never tells us to do things without reason or with no cause. This is not just a command hanging out there in Scripture disconnected from reason. It's not as if James is saying, listen, don't show favoritism because I said so. No, he's saying, don't show favoritism. Why? 
because you are called to be a people who love your neighbor as yourself. Center Church, we're called to be a people who love each other as we love ourselves. Favoritism, partiality, contradicts the biblical mandate to love your neighbor as yourself. Notice this doesn't say, love your neighbor because they are like yourself, but to love your neighbor as yourself. We Christians must be a people who love regardless, regardless. So when we come into church, when we come back, when we are interacting with the church, as we, our, our church even now in the days of quarantine, we, we don't ask, what can this person do? We ask, how can I show love? Of all the people on the planet, we as Christians should be able to love others because of the love we've received from God. God loves us not because we have anything to offer. He does not love us because we are good. He loves us because he is good. And this means we can show love and run from partiality or favoritism for anyone. We must love all and not play favorites. Now, favoritism can masquerade under the guise of phrases like, I just don't fit in, I can't relate, people aren't that cool, they're not hip, this isn't the vibe I want. Those attitudes could be an example of showing partiality to people, and that's not okay. Our call is to love our neighbor as ourselves. And this is unprecedented. This is something that you cannot find in the world. This is something that is radical. It's, it's radical. Now you might think, well, it's not that unprecedented. I've heard other religions talk about something similar because this is similar to the golden rule. And if you were to say that, I'd say, well, you're partly right. Buddhism says, hurt not others in ways that you yourself would find hurtful. Okay, that's good. Confucianism says, surely it is the maximum of loving kindness. Do unto others what you would not have them do unto you. Or do not do unto others what you would have them do unto you. Zoroastrianism says this, that nature alone is good, which refrains from doing unto another whatsoever is not good for itself. Now, those are good, but do you see what's different with this, what James calls the royal law here in our section? The royal law he pulls from Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. Do you see what, he's, what, what they're missing? They all speak in the negative. In other words, they say, don't, they say, don't do something. Don't do something someone else wouldn't like, or actually don't do something you yourself wouldn't like. So it's something like this. If you don't like getting spit on, don't spit on other people. If you don't like getting lied to, don't lie to other people. If you don't like getting called belittling names, don't call others belittling names. If you don't like getting beaten about the head and shoulders, don't beat other people about the head and shoulders. Now that's good, but that is not far enough. They merely forbid negative action. The Bible prescribes positive action. Do you see the difference? James is saying something different here. The Lord is speaking through James to our church, saying something very different. He's saying, love all and do not play favorites. Center church, love all and do not play favorites. See, loving others is not just not doing them harm. Loving others is taking an active, 
interest in other people for their good, even as it costs you maybe time, money, commitment. Here's the way I think it's hard to it's hard to describe love really. I mean, we sing about it in our culture and talk about it a lot, but 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verses 4 through 7 describes love in a way that is impossible to improve on. Paul says there, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. That is what we're called to show each other. Center Church, that is our call. We're to love each other like that and not play favorites. That's what James is telling us. Love others and don't play favorites. So where are we? Favoritism, we've seen, is contrary to Christianity. Favoritism violates the law of love. And lastly, mercy triumphs over favoritism. Mercy triumphs over favoritism. James sums up his teaching in verse 12 by saying, So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. So how do we respond as a church? We need to keep speaking and keep acting as people who will be judged under the law of liberty. Keep acting. Keep speaking truth. Keep expressing love as those who will be judged under the law of liberty. And you might say judged. We've been saved by grace and we won't be judged. That is true. We will never be judged for our sins because Christ has been judged so that we might be able to have his blessing so that we might have the righteousness of God. We have made, there's been the trade. There's been a, a great exchange. He died so that we might live forever. We will not be treated as our sins deserve. That is true. But also, the judgment James is talking about here is not for sins that we've committed, but for the life we've lived as Christians. How are we living as Christians? You will be rewarded in eternity, for eternity, in part, based on how you treat people in your church. You will be rewarded in eternity, for eternity, in part, based on how you treat others. You love other people, you will be rewarded beyond what you can imagine. You show partiality and favoritism, and you won't. There are many people, many Christians across the globe who will lose massive amounts of heavenly reward because they showed favoritism. And I don't want that to be the case for us. I don't want that to be the case for us. I want the Lord on that day when he gathers Center Church together to say, 
You loved each other. And you know what? One of the things that I'm most encouraged about during the quarantine is I see examples of that. It's not as if the pastors gathered together and said, let's plan ways in which we can serve each other. No, you are doing it. And I love to see that. I think that's amazing and impressive. And I see God's hand upon our church. And I think the Lord would say this to us, go even more towards love and service and care and outreach. Ensure that you don't show favoritism and express love toward others. More sobering is verse 13. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. You see, this is what we all know as Christians. We do not get what we, what we deserve. Mercy is the fact that we, we have received mercy as Christians. That means we will not be given what we deserve. We won't be given what we deserve. We will be given mercy. And let's be real. Do the people in our church, does everyone deserve our love and acceptance? No. Not really. There may be people who have done things against you. But before we ask the question, did they deserve my love and time and attention? We have to ask the question underneath that question. Do we deserve mercy from God? No. Have we received mercy from God? Yes. Can we show mercy to anyone? Yes. Sinner Church, we must love all in our church and not play favorites. See, here's the stark reality. Those of us who are unable to love other people and show them mercy do not understand the mercy they've received in Jesus Christ. Do you understand this? Do you understand what you've received in Christ? If you do, loving other people, serving other people, and not showing favorites will make a whole lot more sense. Otherwise, it's going to sound like lunacy. It's going to sound like I'm saying you should go out and try to get, get taken advantage of. Listen, when you put yourself out there and serve other people and love other people and give yourself to people, you will be taken advantage of. I guarantee it. But think about what we have in Christ. We have been treated not as our sins deserve, but we've, re we've received mercy. The people around us don't deserve the love always, but neither do we always deserve the love we've received from the Lord. That's not the point. We give love. We give mercy. We refuse to show favoritism because we've received love. We've received mercy, and God didn't play favorites with us. He didn't say, Rich, you're not cool enough. Go away. Any who come to him are welcomed. So as we sit separated and cloistered away from each other in our homes, what's your self-evaluation? Are you more aware of the mercy you've received from the Lord or the slights you've received from other people? Are you more aware? Are you, are you one who's shown favoritism toward people? Maybe it's subtle and you didn't even realize it, and you're seeing it now as we look into the Word of God. You see, we have an opportunity.
We have an opportunity. I think this is our opportunity, Center Church. We can come back stronger from this quarantine as we look in the Word and have the Word reflect our image back. We can take time to have an honest self-evaluation and ask, where do I need to change for, for, so that I might be one who reflects the glory of God more effectively and that we might have a church that together more effectively reflects the glory and purpose of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. Let's pray. Lord, I pray, I'm grateful in so many ways for who, who Center Church is, Lord, and you're doing a work here, I believe. I pray for all of us that we would evaluate ourselves and ask, is there any place in our lives we're showing favoritism to people, that we're not exercising love toward others? If so, please forgive us. Give us the courage to ask forgiveness of those people that we have done that to. Lord, I pray that there wouldn't be the we wouldn't be a people who close ourselves off from, from each other, Lord. But because of what we received in you, I pray that we would freely give love and acceptance and not show favoritism at all in our church. Be with the church as we are all separated, and we look forward to the day we can gather together again.